Hey guys, on today's episode, I am super excited because we have a female powerhouse with us. We have Mary Fusillo, who has started her own company that involves mentoring women and travel. And I'm super, super excited to hear all about how she started this company and how this is helping empower people just around the globe. I am super, super excited to have her. So welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am your host, Melissa Oatman from melissaoatman.com. Mary, thank you so much for being here today. Welcome. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you about my company. I'm super excited too, because I love, love, love travel. I think everyone should get to travel. I'm a teacher by day, as my audience members know, and I've taken many students on travel abroad programs. So I think that that is one of the most educational things you can do is just to get out and travel. So I'm super excited to hear about you. So how, tell us a little bit about your background and how you started this company. Okay, well, um... I am actually have spent the last 32 years in the healthcare sphere um, from a, basically I'm a registered nurse. I spent 10 years climbing the ladder in nursing. Um, I had twins and I decided that I wanted to do something different. And so I went into the fertility world. I was a manager of a clinic. I did uh, consulting. Um, and then about 15 years ago, I started my own business, kind of a consulting business in the fertility field. So I've been doing that for the last 15 years, helping people have babies. I've had over 3000 babies born through my, you know, me helping people, which is a lot of babies. I love Christmas and, and uh, holidays when I get cards with people's pictures. And actually yesterday I ended up getting a picture of somebody they sent me that my child is graduating from high school. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it was like yesterday that I remembered helping them have the baby. So, um, but I also came to the point where when my children went to college, I kind of went, okay, well, I'm not all done with the baby sphere thing now. And what else can I do? And I was kind of lost. How do you transition from having a business or being an executive or even a teacher or a nurse or whatever into the next phase of your life when you're kind of an empty nester? And I saw so many women that were kind of lost and like, what do I do now? And how do I find a hobby and whatever? So that thought was percolating in my mind when I came upon some information about three, two and a half, three, three years ago about um, digital nomads. And I was like, I'd never heard of it at the time. And it was people who go away and they, you know, they work their business from another location. And I thought that's what I need because I was like, I need to get, go somewhere else. So I ended up on a trip going to Montevideo, Uruguay, which I mean, people are like what Montevideo, actually Montevideo is amazing. And I loved it. And um, I, right on the ocean. And I just had a great experience there. And I thought, how do I package this and tell other people about it? Not everybody can go away for six weeks and kind of reboot their lives. So over the course of like the next couple of months, I ended up going on another trip, a shorter one to another hotspot in the world, Belgrade, Serbia, which is actually a cool place too. It's right on the Danube. So you had these, you know, the, the river boats would go by and it had a lot of history to it. It's so many different um, cultures have been through there. We actually had some great wine and I met another woman. And I had the kind of the same idea. She's from a different generation. She's in her twenties and I was uh, at the tail end of the baby boomers, but we ended up having this synergy about creating a company that helped people bridge these differences in their lives. What do I want to do? Maybe I'm now working from home. Of course, the pandemic showed up in the middle of our plans. And so we had to kind of kick the can down the road and we actually 
put everything together and launched February 15th. And our first trip is coming up in July, and it's the San Miguel de Allende, a UNESCO World Heritage Center. Our next one is in Paros, Greece, a Greek island. And then the third one for this year is in Malta. And then next year, we have a whole itinerary. So we've launched, we're ready to go, and we're so excited about it. I love that. I love that you're doing this. And we were chatting a little bit beforehand we got on here, and you were talking about how your retreats are a little bit different because most retreats you go there and they have you scheduled from the time you get up in the morning until the time you go to bed at night you're just doing all of these things and you don't really have time to relax and unwind and do the the things you love to do when you travel and your company's a little different so can you tell us a little bit about that Yes, I love to travel. And as I have um, gotten a little more mature, I'm really not into uh, a tent or a yurt. I like to stay in nice places. And I said, you know, if you're going to do a recalibration and a re-energizing of your life, you need to be in a great location. So our premise is that we're going to have small groups in luxury locations, luxury villas. Um, and like the first one in San Miguel is an 11 bedroom, 11 bath um, uh, villa with swimming pool, yoga studio, beautiful grounds. Um, and so the goal is, is that you would get up, you have a chef prepared breakfast. Uh, maybe you want to do some yoga by the pool. We, ha we have a yoga instructor coming. And then you might have an hour, hour and a half of our mentoring program where we're talking through some of the issues every day. We'll have kind of theme. They and maybe it's lunchtime, maybe you wanna lay by the pool, maybe you just wanna take a siesta. Then the afternoons, some afternoons we're going to have uh, more mentoring for maybe an hour or so, but other afternoons we may go into town to go to, the, there's a, a giant place called the Fabrica de, uh, Fabrica La Aurora, which is over 30 art galleries. And uh, San Miguel is like an art capital in Mexico. And so we'll go there and, and that will be part of the whole process of kind of getting out of yourself. So the goal is, is that we will have, you'll have all these workshops, but you'll also get to have a vacation. And that's the point, vacation, learning. The other cool thing about us is the month before the trip, we have a mentoring program. So a month before you receive your packet, you'll have a, like a, a journal, it'll have some prompts and every week we'll kind of discuss it. People will have their own like Slack channel that they can go to and they'll get to know all the other participants. So that's kind of our, the goal is, is that you will have the building blocks to kind of recreate or recalibrate or reimagine your passion in your life. I love that. That is so awesome. And I have to say, I know there's probably some women out there listening who think to themselves, I would love to do something like that, but I'm a little bit afraid. I'm afraid to travel or I'm afraid to be with people I don't know. And what would you say to anyone out there listening who might have that fear? Because I know that you just kind of took a chance and, and traveled when you read about the company that did the, the Nomad Traveler. So that was kind of like a big jump outside of your comfort zone, I'm sure. So what would you say to people who might be thinking, I'd love to do that, but I don't know that I could. Well, I'm a, I'm, I always thought of myself as a very adventurous person. I'm not the kind that would ever do bungee jumping, but I'm an adventurous person. But I will say before my first trip in 2018 to Montevideo, the first, the month before I was like, I'm, I, I can't do this. Oh, I, what am I thinking? I'm crazy. Who, who does this? Who goes to Uruguay? You know? And I remember sitting in the departure lounge at LAX. And I had just downed two glasses of Merlot and I went, oh, I can't do this. I can't get on the plane. And I did. 
And I was so nervous that I would not become part of the group or I'd spend six weeks alone. Although I had craved this, I want to be alone kind of thing. The actuality of six weeks being alone was like, oh no. But I ended up in this group and the whole thing is everyone is, is traveling. So what I want to bring to Beyond the Nest trips is we want the same thing. We will have, you will know these people beforehand. You know, when we all are in like different Facebook groups or whatever, um, and you know those people, even though they're your Facebook Facebook friend, even though you may have never met them, but you may have, you know, interacted with them in a special group you're in. And that's the same kind of premise that we're doing. You're going to know these people when you get there. You may not have met them in the flesh, but you will know them. And that's the point. Most of our people that are coming are coming solo. People are bringing a friend to. Some people can do the, the retreat and, and they can bring a friend that just wants to hang out and lay in the sun. Okay, so we do have that option to bring a friend and they say, I don't need that. I just want to lay in the sun or go shopping. That's great too. Oh, I like that. I love that. That's awesome too. And, you know, I just want to say that part of self-care is just honoring that adventurous side, you know, and exploring. And I think travel is such a great way to do that. For me, that's like my number one thing is like, if you could do anything, I'm like travel, I want to travel, <laughs> I travel everywhere. And um, I remember I have twins as well. And I took them on my last trip with us to Europe, we did a European tour. And I really like I loved seeing them through their eyes, seeing things that I've seen already, but them seeing it for the first time, like the Eiffel Tower, you know, and they're like, oh, this is the Eiffel Tower. And uh, it was really cool to get to see that. But then as soon as we got home, they're like, we want to go back. We want to go on another trip. We want to, so, you know, like once you start traveling, it's like you get bit by that travel bug and like, I need to keep doing this. I need to keep doing this. But I love that you're adding the mentoring and the, you know, the other components to it, because you're right. There's so many women who kind of I feel my age too. My kids are 19 now and I'm in this space where I'm trying to redefine who I am because being a teacher, I'm like, yeah, this is not, it's not it for me for the rest of my life. I don't want to like be in this little corner here. This is what I've done my whole life and this is where I'm going to stay. I want to branch out. And so that's, that's why I started the podcast and helping others and healing and all of that was for the same reason. So if there's anyone out there listening who feels like it's, I'm too old, it's too late. What do you have to say to that? It's never too late. I will say that first, I want to tell you, okay, my twins are 22 and sometimes this travel thing backfires on you because my daughter who just graduated from college, uh, four weeks ago, she's going to graduate school in London and, you know, she probably doesn't want to ever come back. So that's what happens when you have a kid who has a travel bug. Okay. And so, but on the other hand, I had a lot of pushback from my friends that I had been friends with for years and years, especially my mommy friends, you know, your mommy friends that you met with pre-K three, and now they're still your friends and everyone's kids are gone, but they're still your friends. Oh, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to do, you know, what's the deal? Oh, and then one friend even said, well, I would never do that. I know what I'm doing. And I was really kind of, it's kind of hurt and kind of crushed, right? Until then I had other people tell me, I think that's the coolest idea. And that, you know, they said some people, they look at kind of a retirement is like a, okay, well, I'm going to hang out. I'm going to play golf. I tried golf. It didn't work for me. And so now I'm on to the, to the next thing. And to me, being able to help other people find that passion will also help me help 
increase mine about this because when I went into fertility, which I've done for 22 years, I did it because I had had fertility treatment to have my twins and I wanted to help other people become a family. And so now that I have a family, I'm ready to do, I want other people to also be able to find their passion in life past motherhood or past your career. I love that. That is so important because I think so many of us, I can attest to this, that when you are a mom, you get kind of lost. You lose yourself. You know, it's like, who am I besides a mom and a teacher at this or, you know, who am I really? And I think so many of us, once we're in this system where we get out of school, we get married, we have kids, we do whatever, we, we never have really discovered who we truly are. And I feel like a lot of people don't even do that until we get to this point in our life where all of a sudden the kids are gone and you're like, now what? Okay, what do I do now? And now's the perfect time to really tap in and say, okay, who am I and what do I want out of life? Well, I will say when I, when my kids were about, um, were seniors in high school, was filled with dread. I had this big career. I traveled, you know, for my business. I mean, I, I thought, but my whole identity was being a mom and the career was secondary. I mean, I was a mom first. And one of the reasons I started my own business 15 years ago was so that I could be more mom-like, like I could, I could go to the soccer games or I could go to the, the play or whatever. And I managed to do that. But I also was petrified that I would get, they would be gone and they would be launched to their lives. And I'd be like, okay, so what about the rest of my life? And, and so, but you know, as you know, when they go away, it's like, oh, within like four weeks, you're like, this is great. <laughs> and so I kind of circumvented that. I didn't have it. And so, but now that they're launched, I feel like, okay, I did my job. I'm sure you'll feel that same way. I did it. We did it. We did a good job. I, I'm going to get an A on that. Okay. And so they're, they're great kids. They're ready to have their lives. So what about the rest of my life? Because I think people that spend the whole rest of their lives, oh, she was a great mom, a great grandmother, but that's all they have. And I think that life needs more than that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you have to enjoy your life, you know, and when you get up every day, you should get up and look forward to what your day is going to bring. And I think that if it's dependent on, well, because I'm a mom or I'm a grandma, I need to, I mean, it's great that we have that role, but also I think we need to have an identity that's outside of I'm a mom or I'm a grandma or I'm, I'm this or I'm that. We, who are we really truly? And so when the women come to you in these programs on your retreat, is that one of the things you work on is um, identity and, and who they really truly want to be? Is that one of the topics? Yeah. Okay, so I'll just give you a little brief idea of what some like, you know, remember we're gonna have all this pre-mentoring stuff where you're, you know, cause you don't need to just jump in when you sh the, show up the first day and you're like, oh my gosh, here I am. You will have kind of eased into it by thinking about it for the whole month beforehand. But like, for instance, the first day, the topic is, who am I and where am I going? And you will have had readings and kind of some discussion and some journaling about that previously, but now we're going to try to solidify who are you? Yes, you're a mom um, or you're not a mom, but you're a, you, a work person and you have your, you know, furry kids. We're trying to drill down into who you are and where you're going. The next day is what's driving your wheel? What is your true passion? 
Okay. So when we think about that, I think we all kind of want to go, oh, you know, I'm passionate about helping animals or I'm help, I'm passionate about teaching young people or I'm passionate about fertility. But if you, you, when you dig down, what is it that you're most passionate about? Okay. And it cannot be like, oh, I want to save the world or clean energy or whatever. For me, I found out that my passion was I wanted to find out what I was best at being of service. So what am I best at being of service? And that doesn't mean like, okay, I help people have babies and now I want to help them grow, but what do I find out? And then the next day we're like, how do you shift gears? Okay. How do you go from this? Like I'm an attorney and a mom, or I was a stay at home mom. And I had like a little part-time job. How do I shift gears into the next life? And then what's my motivation for this? Cause it's difficult. I went to Montevideo uh, two and a half years ago and I'm just now getting to the part where I'm realizing what I found in Montevideo, what I, what I experienced. So it's not like, okay, I'm going to leave the, um, the workshop in Greece or in Mexico and I'm going to go home and I'm going to change everything. It takes a while. And so to understand what keeps you motivated, because at times I'm like, you know, I think I'm just going to go learn to play bridge instead of starting a new company. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I love all of those topics. And I read somewhere, someone said that if you truly want to find your purpose in life, how can just be of service? And when you're of service, it naturally comes to you. So I love that you have that component in there of like, how do I best serve? Because I think that when you really get down to the heart of like, that question, that's when truly your purpose kind of comes to you. Exactly. And this is kind of a bizarre thing, but you know, we've all been Netflixed out over the last year and a half. Okay. I never watched Netflix before because I was too busy, but now they're, you know, for the last 15 months, there's been like, what else are we going to do? Right. You know, you can only read so much or whatever. And after a hard day, you know, teaching for me, my business, you kind of just want to have some downtime for an hour. Well, I finally started watching Call the Midwife which is oh, that. I just started watching that too. <laughs> oh, I have. Okay. So I'm on season three and I literally have tears every night. And what got me was I saw that, I saw that, that, that service all the time without it being like, I'm helping you. It was kind of, that was their whole aura. So anyway, I just, I got so, I'm getting so much out of it just because of the, that aura of service. And, and it doesn't have to be, I, I, it's hard to explain sometimes, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're sacrificing. It means that it brings you, service brings you joy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of people get that wrong. They think, when they think of service and being of service to others means you have to give things away for free or do things for mm -hmm. free. It doesn't mean that. I mean, it can mean that, but for a lot of people, what you end up doing for a living is being of service to others. Like what you were doing was being of service to others and helping women able, being able to start their families um, and people who are out there and doing healing work, they charge for it. It's not that you have to do things for free. It's just that you understand, well, what we talk about in education is what is my why? What is my why? Like, why am I, why am I a teacher? Why am I a healer? Why do I do this? Why do I do that? Because if you don't really know why you're doing it, it's, yeah. is, you know, your purpose there. It's like, what, what am I doing? It's like, I'm just here. If you know and really understand your why, I got into teaching because I wanted to make the material meaningful for students. I wanted them to 
appreciate cultures and understand that learning new languages can be fun and can open doors and new opportunities for people, you know, that's your why. And then that kind of fuels how you operate every single day of your life. And same thing with healing is like, I got into healing because I want others to know that you can feel better. You can break free of all of the emotional burdens you carry around. It can get better. So when you really dig in and know like, what is your why, why do you serve? That really like that purpose becomes very, very clear. And if you can't say a why, like if your why is I want to make money, then that that's not you're not serving a purpose, you know, so I think a lot of people really need to start looking at that, like, what is my why. And so I love that you guys have that component in there of looking at how you serve. Because when you start to look at that, it's like, okay, am I really serving people or what am I doing? Or is that really making me happy? I think all of those things come out when you dig deeper and, and ask yourself those questions. So I love that. And exactly, you just you just made it so succinct because that's exactly what the thing that happened to me in Uruguay was. That I, I and, and I have built it as I kind of got the I have enough. Okay, so that meant I had enough prestige and I had enough money and I had enough kudos and I had an, you know, and I'd, I'd done all that, but what else was there? I didn't want to wake up. Um, I'm, I mean, who knows how long anyone lives, especially after we've gone through COVID, but um, both my grandmothers lived to be late nineties. Okay. And they were like with the program until they were in their late nineties. And I thought, okay, well, if that could be me, cause I'm healthy and I have those same genes. Um, what am I going to do with this next 35, 40 years that's meaningful, that brings me joy? And because I, when I started realizing that my business was my first business, okay, now it had become rote. I still enjoyed helping the people, but all the mechanics of it made me really unhappy. And so it's like, do you keep doing that? And I would talk to attorneys who were like, I'm living for the day that I can, you know, go either go out on my own or quit my partnership, but I'm tied by the money. And so I love that. I wrote it down. What is my why? Because I, I, that's exactly what it was. What is my, why am I doing this other than, you know, money? And you can make money, but you still, but I think you still need to have a second motivation for, I mean, we all need money. Okay. It's like, we have to have money to pay for the rent, to pay for food or whatever. But why do we do that? You can decide you want to be a hedge fund manager and hate every minute, or you can be a social worker and, and be happy or unhappy. Who knows? Yeah. And you know, that's the thing I've, I've told my audience members this a lot. I had my first job was as a finance manager and I hated every minute of it. It was just the worst. And then I, you know, I worked at that business for like a year and it felt like 20 years. And then I started teaching and I'm going on my 15th year next year. Wow. Feels like two or three years, you know, it's gone by so fast. And I think that that part of that is it's not like every day is rainbows and sunshine with school. It's not for sure, especially this year with COVID and everything doing remote, but I know my why. I know why I'm doing it. I know what motivates me to get up and do it every day is the kids. Like I love the kids and you build those relationships with that. And that's, I think what is missing for some people. And a lot of people will stay stuck in careers because like I've done it for so long. I've been here for so long. And I understand that because, you know, we all have to retire someday, but my, point would be okay 
we're never guaranteed any amount of time on this earth. And do you want to spend the next 20 years or the next 10 years or whatever to you can retire miserable and hating your job and dreading getting up every morning? Or do you want to like figure out what would make you happy and go after that? Exactly. And I love the poet, Mary Oliver, who died a couple of years ago and, and her famous line, and I, I'm just paraphrasing it is, what are you going to do with your one wild, wonderful life? And I think about that all the time. And it's like, you know, we all, especially, I mean, we have to admit we we're not in sus, you know, we're not just making it as a, a, you know, a sustenance farmer somewhere in South America that's living off the land. I mean, we live in, you know, United States or, you know, a, a Western country. We have a lot more opportunities for our lives. So it being that being said, what are we going to do with that one wonderful life? And it doesn't necessarily mean that you do anything crazy. It just means that you should have love and passion for what you're doing. And is it of service? And that doesn't mean service to someone else per se, a hundred percent. It can be service to yourself. Like, how am I going to take care of myself so that I can meet my highest and best goals in life? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, the thing is, we didn't come here to be broke and to be unhappy. And, you know, we, Many of us have fallen into that pattern because it's, you know, growing up, we've learned, I have to work hard for my money. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. And I always say like a lot of this is about unlearning all of the conditions that have been placed on us to realize, you know, like if you don't want to get married, if you grow up and you're like, I don't want a traditional marriage, I don't want to, you don't have to. I mean, we've got to stop telling people you have to live your life this way. You have to do what makes you happy. And, you know, many people start off in life getting kind of backed into a corner because they get told at 18, they have to find a career, which is ridiculous. Exactly. And they, they pick the wrong one and then they get stuck there. And so then they get stuck in this. I don't love my life. I get up every day. It's the same thing over and over again. I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel. And I just want people to know you don't have to stay stuck like that. Like you can get out of that and there are resources. And like your program was, is a great resource for anyone who's like, I need to figure this out. I need to get out of this. So I love that you're offering that for people. <clears throat> I think it's a great uh, opportunity. I hope so. Cause I remember, um, I was actually a journalist uh, when I got out of college and, um, at the point in time where I was a journalist, there was, it did not pay enough to support you. Okay. Especially a woman in, in journalism in the 1980s. I actually ended up going to nursing school because there was a need for nursing. And it's kind of like they used to tell women, be a nurse or be a teacher. You'll always have something to fall back on. And I did it as a way to say, okay, well, if, if this journalism thing doesn't work out, I'll be a nurse. Well, here I am 32 years later, I'm a nurse, but I will say, I, I was not meant for hospital nursing. I wasn't, I was good at it, but I didn't love it. I would literally cry every day. I, I was an ICU nurse. I became director of uh, critical care at a hospital. I had done ER. I did all that kind of stuff, but I never, I was good at it. I took care of people very well. I was, I was, people would think I was a wonderful nurse, but inside I didn't like it. And it sounds bad if you say, I didn't like being a nurse. Well, you didn't like people. It wasn't the people. It wasn't for me. I didn't like the structure of nursing. I didn't like six, six 45 in the morning to six, seven fifteen at night, every other weekend. I didn't like the structure of nursing. I didn't like the fact that, um, 
there was no creativity in it. Okay. So that was one thing that I struggled with for years about how I felt so bad about myself because I didn't love being a nurse. Okay. So I ended up loving infertility because it wasn't the same. It was much more freelancing and much more, every person had a different story versus being in an ICU with somebody in a coma and you have these tasks to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. It makes total sense. Yeah. So I still felt like I'm abandoning my um, cause in life, being a nurse, helping people because I didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't want to, because it made me unhappy. When I got to fertility, it made me happy because I got to see the fruits of my labor, literally sometimes when people would have babies. Yeah. And that I can totally see why that would, the difference in those two areas, why that would, you know, um, well, you knew your why. <laughs> your why. Yeah. It was, it was a tough one. And that's why I found your, your stuff kind of so interesting is like, it was very tough to admit to myself that I didn't like it. Okay. And because you feel like, Ugh. It, you, it's like, I'm sure you hear teachers that say, oh, you know, I, I don't want to be a teacher anymore because of the administration or how many kids are in the classroom, or whatever. But deep down inside, they're like, it's not my passion. And I, I don't want to admit it to anybody because it sounds kind of like, oh, you didn't like being a nurse. No, I didn't like being a nurse. Now, there's a lot of teachers out there, especially with this year, who I've heard of teachers who just quit mid-year because everything, it, COVID actually highlighted, I think, everything that's wrong with education right now um, and the need for education to be completely revamped. I think it brought that to light and there's a lot of really awesome people out there in education, but just to point out, it's very much a job that people will say thank you in one breath and turn around and criticize you in another. And, uh, and I'm sure nursing is like that too. And, you know, they have like the teacher appreciation and like, we got an ice cream or we get, you know what I mean? It's like, thank you so much. You're an essential employee, but we're going to give you an ice cream to show you how much we appreciate you. I so get it because that was what it's the same with nurse. And now I've watched, cause I haven't worked in a hospital for 22 years. Okay. So, I mean, like two thirds of my career has been out of the hospital, but that doesn't mean I, I don't keep up with it and it's completely changed, but watching the kudos presented to nurses during COVID was good because I really felt that the general population um, really felt like, Oh, wow. They are really part of the, the, the team and they're very important and they're look at all the sacrifices they're making just like it showcased teachers the same way and I think it's if, if there's anything positive for our two careers or our professions it was that it did really show um how much sacrifice goes into being in those two careers yeah absolutely like you you know you don't go into teaching for the money but at some point your why has to fuel you so much that you overcome all of the, the paperwork you have to do, the all of the things that the state and you know the admin makes you do that makes no sense. You have to, and I, I know that nursing is the same way because I'm sure there's a lot of paperwork on your end that you have to fill out and all of the things that you, the, the hoops you have to jump through. And it's, you have to love it enough to get, through all of that. And for a lot of people, you know, they just simply say like, I, I can't. And I, I totally get that because I, I still love teaching, but
but I'm also at the point where I see like, okay, I, I need to also transition into something else. And I just want to say for people out there, it's perfectly okay to transition into something else in your later years. You know, we change, our tastes change. Your actual taste buds, you know, when you're younger, like there were things I didn't like. And as I'm getting older, I learned to appreciate things. So your lifestyle is going to be the same way. You're going to be attracted to other things as you get older and your your tastes in what you want to do in life are going to change. And that's okay. That's It seems really silly to think we want to do the same thing for 40 years in our lives because that would get very old very quickly. So, And you know what? I had this... Um... A couple, I guess it's like over 10 years ago, I had a bookkeeper who was also a friend of mine at the time. And she, um, she said something to me once that really was one of those things that people say to you and it sticks with you. And it wasn't a good thing. It wasn't like, oh, this wonderful um, idea she gave me. She basically said, you know, cause I was like, at the time I was still kind of, oh, this is having your own business is very stressful. And, the, and you know, kids and a husband, the whole day, it was very stressful. And I said something about, oh my gosh, I hope, you know, I don't know if I could do this for the rest of my life. And she said, you know, you just need to pick something and stick with it. You know, other people work 50 years of the same job. Why can't you? what what I mean they don't give you a gold watch anymore right and so it's like but why can't we why can't we continually to grow I don't believe that people at 18 are going to be the same people they are at 68 and any and if they are there's been a big problem right right you should want to change I mean change is not a bad thing It, it should be that you change and evolve and so if you change and evolve away from the career that you're in now I mean I personally have been around people who've shifted careers midway and they were fine and they were still able to retire. And still, you know, my dad, he was a medical salesperson and decided he wanted to go into nursing. And so when he was 40, he did, he went back to school and he went into nursing and he did that for, you know, I guess 20, 20 years. And then he he was still able to retire because he had his pension from his first job in the nursing. And so he was okay, you know, financially he was okay. And my mom did the same thing when I was in high school, she went back and got her teaching degree and she became a teacher. She was able to retire seven years ago now and she's okay financially too. You know, it's like, you'll be okay. Everything will be okay. It's everything's figure outable, but it's not okay to just stay stuck. That's where I just think, you know, don't stay stuck where you are unhappy, you know, take a risk, put yourself out there because you deserve to be the happiest person you can be. And that's exactly what happened to me when I was on that flight, uh, going from Chicago back home after this business trip. And I didn't realize how, and people think unhappy, you're laying in bed, you're crying, you're depressed. I, I was, I was fine. You know, I liked my friends. I liked my life, I said, but I was just kind of unhappy in my my career and what it meant because I had been on the treadmill of the, the kid and making money and, and saving for retirement, saving for college. I mean, I, you know, the whole thing about you should be saving all this money every month for college. Well, I just finished with it. Okay. And it's twice as expensive as we thought, but we muddled through and we did it and they did it and we're good. Okay. So all 10, 15 years ago, I was petrified that we weren't saving that thousand dollars a month. You need to say we, we couldn't do that. But you know what? Our kids made it through college with no debt. And, and, you know, we made it through with no debt too. It, it, 
I think sometimes, and I'm not a big manifestation person per se, I think manifestation is really setting kind of goals, but I do say that I kind of felt like you said, it will all work out. It will all work out. And that's a mantra, mantra that you have to keep telling yourself sometimes. Yeah. I think it's really hard for women. Well, I've got to control everything. Yeah, it is hard. And I always say that mantra is, you know, everything always works out perfectly for me. And it does, you know, at any time I've ever doubted when I just lean back and trust and learn to trust, which is the hardest part. But when you do that, you realize all things come together. It really, really, truly does. Yep. And so that's what the whole thing with Beyond the Nest, that's what it grew into. And the reason we named it Beyond the Nest is it wasn't just women um, with empty nesters. It was you thinking outside, everyone's home is their nest or their, their life is their little nest. And we wanted people to think beyond the nest. And it's the, the weird, this is kind of a fun story. Um, I was, we're going, all of our attendees will have a, um, they'll get their book in the mail and they will also get their travel stuff. Like, you know, when you go to a hotel or whatever, there's all the cute little soap bottles and everything. Well, we're trying to be a little bit more sustainable. So what we did is we are sending them a pack um, with a reusable bottles with, that are, of course, branded. But I found this artist that makes the little um, kind of like your toiletry kit that you take with you when you travel. And um, she has pen and ink drawings. And then she makes these travel kits with these pen and ink drawings that are kind of like basically put on them. I don't know how she does it from recycled, um, like clothing and everything like that. So there's this complete sustainable and they all have a nest on them. Aww. I loved it. I was like, Oh my gosh, instead of having it like a logo or whatever, they all have this beautiful little nest with three beautiful little eggs in it. So Aww. that's, I was like, Oh, I found it. It was like, you know, at her shop and she does these watercolors. So it was perfect. That's awesome. See everything line everything lines up the universe is amazing like that i love that so if you have if i have any listeners out there who are interested in maybe booking on one of the tours or just finding out some more information about that how what's the best way for them to do that well you can visit our website it is www.beyondthenest.org so beyondthenest.org. Sometimes people are like, wait a minute, I did Beyond the Nest and it was like this uh, childcare place in Rochester, New York. Nope, that's not us. It is beyondthenest.org. And on the website is all about the trips, uh, where we're going, the cost, everything. We still have a few spaces left for our San Miguel de Allende. We, um, just to let you know, we have... Um, the, everyone that is going, that is working on the trip is vaccinated. San Miguel, I've been twice. It's very, very safe. They have a very high level of their citizens having vaccinations for COVID. And we are going to have rapid tests for anyone that comes in and leaves. So I feel like we're going to be in our own little bubble of COVID safety um, for your guests. If they um, sign up and want to come on our trip, the first one is San Miguel. The second one this year is in Paros, Greece, and that's in mid-September. And the third one is in Malta, and that's late October to the first week in November. Um, we're offering a 15% discount when they sign up. And all they have to do is put the name of your podcast and say, hey, I heard you on the podcast. Awesome. I love that. Thank you so much for giving them a discount. That's amazing. And I love that you guys are also taking safety precautions. So that's 
but you're a nurse. So you <laughs> I was very adamant that, you know, um, I really think it's important because now everyone can, can avail themselves. I understand people, some people don't want to, but I want to make sure that all of our guests feel safe and that they feel that they can participate fully um, in a, in a vaccinated environment. I love that. Well, I love that you do this and I am super excited and I hope that some of our listeners will take advantage of that because I think it's an amazing and great opportunity and I highly encourage travel, travel, travel as much as you can. Um, I always like to ask our guests before we leave just to impart a little bit of wisdom to our listeners. So if there's any piece of advice that you would have for our listeners, what would that be? I would say to keep it short and sweet, don't be a perfectionist. See the beauty in the good enough and realize that perfection, no one is perfect. There's nothing that's perfect. Good enough works and that you don't have to keep striving for perfection. I love that. I love that very much. You know, we talk about that all the time. Perfection is really just another form of fear that's keeping you stuck from moving forward. So love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much for this conversation. It was so much fun and so interesting. And I am going to go check out your website too, because I love traveling. I love self-development. I think it's an amazing thing. So I can't wait to go see what it's all about and the beautiful places that you go. Uh, those villas sound amazing. <laughs> yes. And we would love for you to come and enjoy it and even maybe come and be a, a guest director one time and, and impart that. your information to people. That would be so much fun. I love that. So we'll have to stay in touch because yes. I've said one of my things that I have on my vision board is for in the future to lead retreats, you know, to help women and, and help people really dive into the best part of themselves and, and figuring out that you're enough. You're, you said it, you're enough. And more people need to realize they are enough, they have enough and just go with that. So I love, love, love your mission. I love what you're doing. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I really had a great time. Awesome. And I want to thank you guys for being with us today and enjoying this conversation. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share my podcast with anyone you think might benefit. Also, don't forget to follow me on social media. I go live Mondays on Facebook at 630 Central, where I do a free card reading. If you show up for the live, I'll pull a card especially for you. And if you want to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaoatman.com. There you'll see all the services I offer. And if you want to work with me and you're not sure what you want or need, you can book a free discovery call. We'll jump on a call for 15 minutes and just talk about what I can do for you and how I can best serve you. I hope that as always, you have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. I am sending you so much love and light and I will talk to you soon. Bye guys.